Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin' and... I'm really excited to bring these two people to you today. Now, one of my guests might sound familiar to longtime mis- listeners of the show, and that's because Megan McClarney came on in December of 2021 to talk about her two food-related ventures, the Omaha Soup Company and Gravy Train. But I had to have her on again today because even in just like the eight months since then, so much has changed with Gravy Train, and in fact... Just a couple of weeks ago, you guys secured a permanent location in the Interrail Food Hall. And this time we have Megan's husband and her business partner, Matt, to join us on the podcast to talk about biscuits and gravy. Excuse me. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Now, before we get into gravy train itself, I think it's important that we establish just what level of food lovers we're talking about here. Like I, I think that I love food and then I hear the story of like how you guys got together, how you met and everything. Tacos were involved in your wedding vows and you met over biscuits and gravy at Lisa's radio cafe as Megan was working there. Megan, we kind of got into that story a little bit last Mm -hmm. time you were on the podcast, but I would love to dive into that more fully. Can you guys (laughs) tell me the story of how you met and, and, got together oh my gosh well like food actually did like bring us together like we're we when we met then we matt kind of figured out that like he had actually he'd actually already had like known me and had a crush on me because he'd been coming into the cafe for the biscuits and gravy but um a chef friend of ours actually like kind of kind of got us together because you were there to see colin at at the restaurant and then, um, yeah, a couple times that we had some kind of crossing of paths, but um, I mean, yeah, I would come into the cafe and you'd serve me biscuits and gravy. You were wait serving there, and I thought you were cute. <laughs> <laughs> but we never met until um, we were at Wheeler's, which is uh, no longer there on the corner of Fiftieth and Underwood. But uh, Megan was a server there, and I was just a. I guess I was just a regular at the time, and <laughs> that's when I guess I officially uh, began my courtship, <laughs> you would say. Yeah, we, uh, I did not, I mean, I did not have a clue that he thought I was cute, like, waiting on you, I mean, you know, like, the guys that come in late for their biscuits and gravy, it's all business, you gotta get them their biscuits, you can get them their coffee, but, um, yeah, I had, like, no idea, so I was super flattered that 
he was like checking me out when he was coming in there and stuff. But I, I started making it for you because like Matt pretty much only ate when we first started dating, like two meals, like there was biscuits and gravy or like tacos, like is the morning meal or the night meal, you know? I mean, those are two pretty <laughs> solid dishes and very versatile. And she got to practice on me over the years. There's been many extravagant breakfasts, <laughs> not so much anymore <laughs> that it's our full-time gig, but um, yeah, over the years she got to kind of cut her teeth, uh, try, out, try out all the recipes on me. So I've yeah. been the lucky beneficiary of that. It's kind of like how I won your family over, too, because, like, the yep. first time I came to the cabin, I made this, like, it was like a gravy casserole. Like, it was, like, Whoa. a layer of, like, pastry and then layer of sausage gravy and, like, cheese and then, like, more gravy. And it was, like, I basically was, like, what's the most matte food I can make and bring up there family style? And then what did your mom say about me? She was, like, she said it was bold, bold. I think. <laughs> Like bold. Is that a good bold? I, I so did not know. I was like, that sounds bad, like a bad. I totally overstepped, like, oh, you shouldn't have brought food on your first visit. But no, I she, everyone was impressed. <laughs> it seems to have worked out in the long term. Yeah. So for you two, obviously biscuits and gravy is something that's very important, not only in your relationship, but just yeah. to each of you personally. What is it about that dish that makes it so special in your hearts? I, I mean, I don't know. Doesn't, isn't every meal some kind of form of bread with doing something to it? Um, I don't know. I remember when I first heard about it, and it was, this is probably way far afield, but it was on MTV, and there was this young gal from the South, like, walking around Manhattan hunting for biscuits and gravy. And this is probably late 80s, early 90s, and I don't think biscuits and gravy even existed in Manhattan. It's been proliferated more in recent decades, but... Yeah, it's not an East Coast thing. She was just going from person to person, kind of um, candidly, you know, describing it, looking around New York for it. <laughs> and I'd never had it, but the way she described it, I, you know, was, oh, you open up the flaky biscuit and pour hot steamy gravy over it. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I began kind of my own hunt for it. And at the time, really, in Omaha, there's probably only three or four places to get it. But one of them was Lisa's. So I guess that's what led me there eventually. I had no idea that that is how. That did happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like a legit, like foodie kind of story mm-hmm. it's, i've got a few of them i have like i respect that story <laughs> that, that was a great story i did not expect mtv to come up on the podcast it today, did. But <laughs> i'd forgotten about it until just now but yeah that's true oh my god uh so what what do you remember about going into lisa's and like you you were on the hunt for this food, for this special dish. Mm-hmm. And when you had it for the first time, was it everything that you imagined? Yeah, it's great there. It's always been good and consistent there. Um, the server was cute. And, um, <laughs> you know, and they that was, never hurts. It doesn't hurt. Uh, it's about the presentation. And then uh, um, they'd serve it till two. And, you know, I was a kept musician's hours at the time and um, probably wasn't out of bed till noon. So it worked out timing wise, too. Yeah, because everyone would shut off breakfast at 10 or 1030. Mm-hmm. Like... It was a whole thing because we used to try to like our, we were like food industry, like people. And so our days off are always like, you know, Tuesday or something. And you'd try to go out and have a date, you know, and go, let's go to breakfast. And like, we wander in at 1130 and they're like, 
no, you can't have the biscuits and gravy. (laughs) (laughs) But the radial, it's breakfast all day, every day there. And I mean, gravy train now, it's like we do breakfast all day, literally. We do dinner, like breakfast for dinner. We're making it happen. But um, Why more places (laughs) don't do Brenner, I will never understand. They will, Dan, because we're going to make it happen. It's going to catch on and everybody's going to do it. And it's just going to be more awesome. So... (laughs) So biscuits and gravy just on its face, it's such like a homey, comforting dish. But it's, you know, generally thought as is pretty simple. How fun has it been for you two to take something that you love and kind of experiment with it and put creative spins on it and, I'm in air quotes, chef it up a little bit? Yeah. Megan's pretty, very creative, and it's like a relentless pursuit for her. So even as the person her partner that's I'm mostly in charge of kind of the operations and procuring the ingredients and the equipment and maintaining and storing everything man oh man it's it's like drinking from the fire hose because it's <laughs> everything she wants to try she she goes for it and um I guess I'm just left there <laughs> to pick up the pieces at times but um I mean it's it's fun but she she is nonstop as far as wanting to try new things and bring new things to the farmer's markets and our, and now our restaurant. Matt like made me stop was we, um, like we really kind of launched everything during the pandemic. Like that's when we kind of got on the map as far as like going from a project to like a job, you know, where the farmer's market, like people, we had regulars and they were coming back and, um, and I used to do like, well, we, we didn't have room on the table for all the jars. So he was like, I don't even have anywhere to put all these kinds of biscuits. Like, because we had them in these glass jars and then the eight foot table wouldn't hold all the biscuits. And you kind of had a, like a fit one day and you're like, this is, this is out of hand. This has gotten crazy and stop it. And then, <laughs> and then he, he made a new rule and it was like, you get to make three kinds or something like you, you I got to choose, but you were mm-hmm. like, I need to be able to fit them on the table. And, um, it was the best thing that happened to our business. Like he, it really helped it, it the line started moving faster the the guest was able to like choose more easily and focus on what like sometimes people would get overwhelmed by all the choices I would give and so and I used to kind of critique restaurant menus that do that that like kind of oh like the cheesecake factory approach you know yep. where it's like 20 pages of a dictionary's worth of a menu yeah, yeah and you wonder like how are they keeping up quality on so many things and um and what is really good here i can't tell uh so i but i'd never applied that to my own uh, my own thing because the gravy train for me was like a, a creative outlet and like it just like a, a source of joy um that that brought us a little money you know so that was cool too but um but matt's like this doesn't isn't the joy for me is just to like be manageable and it was the best thing ever because you were like these are the best biscuits megan just bring one other fun one every time and just stop it (laughs) and then and i sometimes still kind of go like this morning i made like uh like a double chocolate blueberry and then i just kind of like couldn't stop and i made this tart cherry cream cheese crostata biscuit that was just crazy good but I just had like I had to and an everything biscuit and I was all I had to do this morning was make a gluten-free cheddar biscuit that was my job (laughs) and then I ended up making those three extra because 
I am Try extra. and stop her. You can't I'm stop not. yourself. It was like a Monday morning, like, rush of, like, ooh, ooh, you know. And then it's like, what's 20 more minutes? I'll just, like, make one more. And, uh, it, it, yeah, it's it's sort of hard to stop. But he puts up with it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I think that – I. I think that you found a healthy balance where yeah. if you go into gravy train, I feel like there's three or four consistent ones, both sweet and savory that you can expect to mm-hmm. find like the jalapeno cheddar, the cheddar, yeah. those are going to be there pretty consistently. But then you do a really good job on Instagram of teasing out. Okay. Hey, here's my special, you know, he, here are the different right. things that you might expect. So every, you can come in three times a week and probably get, oh. A different biscuit every single day if you want to. So it still provides that creative outlet, but you you don't have a menu of twenty five different types of biscuits yeah. <laughs> that are and people are just like, oh my goodness, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're right. And those staples, they, I mean, the people have chosen. Like yeah. <laughs> it's like that is what people are. They if if we swapped it with something, there would be a lot of like size and sadness. So we can't make people sad. And the jalapeno biscuit was literally one of those extra things that I just made because a market neighbor that had helped us out the week before, he would always go and buy Le Cordier's uh, jalapeno cheddar bread, mm-hmm. which is fabulous. And, um, and I, so I was like, oh, that's his flavor. And I wanted to thank Jeremy. And so I, he had done something nice for us the week before. And Jeremy, who ended up start doing Omaha Soup Company with us. So I was like, that guy, he loves jalapeno cheddar. I'm going to make one of those biscuits for you. And and I made like 10 of them. And I think he and I ate like all of them. And then um, they were just so good. Yeah, all the staples have been carefully market researched at the farmer's markets over the years. Everybody wanted it. And I was like, whoa, we sold out of those? Like I didn't think anyone would order that but Jeremy, you know. So that had to stay on the menu. Mm -hmm. And now we like have like our new Philly biscuit is on the jalapeno cheddar. And it's like, oh like made for that biscuit but but yeah and the blueberry lemon curd biscuit if i had all the time in the world the blackberry cinnamon roll biscuit would be on the menu every day because people love it labor Um, intensive oh it's crazy good (laughs) that one was like came to me in a dream i woke up with that in my head like three months two months ago i don't know it was like i woke up and it was gonna happen (laughs) and we just sold them out like every day every time immediately they're so yummy but yeah, and then, I don't know, the Everything Biscuit now is, like, one of those. People mm-hmm. love that. Oh, yeah. I'm all so. over that. Thing. I love an everything. It's, like, flaky, buttery brisket. Yeah. Everything bagel. The best of both worlds just <laughs> melded into one. It's absolutely perfect. Uh, what is kind of the, as you're coming up with different biscuits, what's the... What inspires you? And then once you get an idea in your head, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just like, I need to make this, what's the R&D process as you try and get it from ideation to this is something that's going, uh, it's going to be available to customers? Yeah, well, inspiration, I mean, it's usually somebody. Like, people are the inspiration. Um, A lot of times it's like an ingredient that I'm really excited about. If I meet a new market vendor, I always try to do something for them because it's just really fun to, like, boost somebody. Um, like the apple guy, um, Trapple, Trapple Orchards, is that what that's mm-hmm. called? Am I saying that right? I think this, so. This man, I mean, I met this guy, and he had these all these big bags of, like, you know, dusty organic apples, and they were kind of, they were cute apples. They were, like, the kind that you pick, you know, in your yard or whatever, and, and they were delicious. And um, he has a whole story, you know, he was 
he was trying to raise money for environmental, you know, things and doing cool stuff in his town. And I was like, we got to make an apple biscuit now, like right now. So um, we bought all his apples and, and just like did an apple month with him and then it's all about bees had their, they were they were like well have you had our apple butter and I was like no and then next thing we know we're making like apple butter cinnamon rolls and was grating the, his apples into it and their stuff in there and it's just like how do you not like you're just so jazzed about these people and the art that they do and it's like right there for you it's the candy store you know you have the farmer's market like the best of everything and Shadowbrook will bring me like oh we just made this new cheese you gotta try it I'm like oh, we gotta put that a biscuit with us with the pepper jack biscuit last mm-hmm. summer because they started making pepper jack cheese i was like that's got to go in the biscuit so it's that and then the process is um you know there's you test it out and sometimes things need to be adjusted but you have to really think about like how does it fit with the gravy <laughs> like how can i make this work with gravy you know so our gravies like we have like three staple gravies, like the chorizo gravy uh, pairs really nicely with like other other like spicy foods or bold foods. Um, the sausage gravy can work with actually a lot of fruity biscuits because like apples and sausage are great together. You know, you you can kind of peaches and sausage are great together. So that's a like a stretch, but people do it. Unapolo- unapologetically. We call it the Canadian gravy move. gravy <laughs> on there on a sweet biscuit. It's not my thing, but people do it. Yeah. To each their own. Canadians love fruit and savory. It's like a whole thing up there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then the mushroom gravy works well with almost anything. Like, it is like that gravy that works with, it surprisingly works with almost anything. It's just super weird, but it works. And, but so there's the gravy. And then, you know, is this something that um, is going to hold up? Like, I made a, a Cubano biscuit a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. Well, I wouldn't send those to the farmer's market because you've got to have that toasted. Like, it's got to be the cheese melting and the ham sizzling and the pickles hot and, like, you know, like, the all that. And, the, like, you just want it to be just like a Cuban sandwich. So Man, you're crisp. killing me right now. <laughs> this is just I like love I'm that just going to be drooling I'm, all over my keyboard. That was a good it. description. <laughs> yeah, that oh. was really good. <laughs> but anyway, it's so amazing at Interrail. And, and it will be a blend if we, you know, run it there. But um, it's just not something that I would send to the farmer's market unless I only sent 10 and they were fresh out of the oven and the first 10 people that got it are lucky, you know. Um, but... There's other other biscuits that, you know, are kind of a hassle hassle at the inner rail, but they work well at the farmer's market because you guys box them all up and they're fast and you can just hand them out. Like, you know, the cinnamon rolls work better the way you're doing them at the market. Than Thank you. Me, uh, <laughs> Matt's the guy who figures out how it's going to work. He's like the guy who figures out how to package it, how to transport it, and I am... Just making biscuits so fast, I can't even think about that stuff. So, <laughs> it's just um, developed over the years, I guess. I think about back to our first market when we showed up with twenty biscuits and like a single butane burner and one pot of gravy, and we do. We sold out in an hour. We and do six, six or seven hundred covers every weekend, like in a in a parking lot, basically under and, a uh, tent. Under a tent, and it's it's taken a while to figure out those systems, but. And and we'll continue to evolve, hopefully. Yeah. So how how is that <laughs> working now that you guys have 
the farmer's market's going along with the interrail going at the same time. We steal from each other. Night sweats. So, <laughs> <laughs> night sweats. Yes. Yeah, Matt's, Matt's more of a planner. He's, like, a very, like, organized um, planner, and he gets that from, like, his his parents are like that. They're just, like, they're all really, and they've helped us so many times because they, like, think through things, you know, far out and like to be prepared and come early and all that. And I'm just the, like, I I have instincts, and I've always been lucky to have instincts, so I figure things out on the fly, you know. But, like, we, we all work together that way. So, um, but, yeah, I will, like, if I'm running low on something at Interrail, I'll call down to the farmer's market and be like, how many of these do you have? And then mm-hmm. I'll come steal it. Like, I stole all their to-go boxes yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. It worked out. We had just enough, but. It, and, and like, likewise, like, you know, and, like, someone who's helping out down there can run up and help us. If the, the rushes are at different times, so that's really fun and exarbing because we're kind of, like, like, I'll literally be able to run over there on foot and get there faster than if I drove. And it's a whole different crowd we're feeding in a different menu, but, like, our resources are the same. And uh, we just, we basically have to, like, like commissary kitchen all week long, cook and prep and cook and prep to be able to put it all together on site at the farmer's market. Because Matt, like, literally makes the gravy there. He, like, boils up the gravy, gets there two hours early, and just mm-hmm. cooks the gravy on site. Um and it's just a whole different operation there. So. And that was a revelation when we figured that out. We're like, wow. Because. <laughs> and it was by necessity, if I if I recall. There was, for some reason, we couldn't. Something happened. I think we had equipment failure. And. You were like, I'll just go an hour early. And I had to cook, cook it, it on there. propane. And yeah, and that's just how we do it now. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were like cooking all this gravy, you know. And then you have to blast chill it down so we have these giant commercial icicles that you use to, like, cool it fast for food safety. And then um, then you have to reheat it again. And we were like, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so dishes. we just assemble it and cook it there, and it makes, makes for much more sense that way. But Necessity yeah. breeds invention. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we figured out. We've definitely done things the hard way many times and <laughs> not knowing. And then, uh, yeah, luckily, like, all of our friends are, are you know, really smart people, really great people. And a lot of, like, we have a lot of food industry friends that have given us great advice and mm-hmm. said, hey, our friend Dave is, like, he just pops up. He'll just show up. At, he loves Farmer's Market. He'll be like, hey, Meg, hey, Matt, why don't you try? And then all of a sudden it's like, yep, we're doing that. Thanks, Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or Brian or Amy Brian, have all, all helped us refine our processes. Amy figured out the sticker, mm-hmm. you know. She's like, why don't you do it like Starbucks and just just write, just check the box on the mm-hmm. sticker. And, yeah, that, that moved our line a lot faster. Mm-hmm. We, um, yeah, so we just, we, we listen, you know. People give us great ideas and willing to listen. Very humble in our process. It's like, you know, everyone that comes to help us, we're like, hey, you know, this is how we do it. But if you see something, say it, like, I don't know about you, dear listener, but I like to know where my food comes from. I love when restaurant menus list all the different producers and farms where their meats, cheeses, and vegetables arrive from. It gives me confidence that I'm eating a quality product because the restaurant is proud to attach its name to the brand. The same goes for beef, and that's one of the main reasons why I love Certified Piedmontese. Certified Piedmontese is farm-to-fork traceable as it purchases its cattle from a trusted network of family ranches in the Midwest. 
All certified Piedmontese beef is raised without hormones, steroids, or antibiotics. And it's 100% source verified by Where Food Comes From Incorporated. And when you buy certified Piedmontese, you know where your food is coming from and why it tastes so good. Place your order today on Piedmontese.com with my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, and feast on delicious, safe cuts of beef with confidence. And now, back to my guest. Speaking of great ideas, the base of the company is obviously biscuits and gravy, but you guys have started to evolve out and do some different things like biscuit sandwiches, like that BLT, which is just anyone listening to this push pause, go to the inner rail and get the BLT biscuit sandwich <laughs> and then come back to this episode because it's <laughs> it's worth doing that for. But you also do like Eggs Benedict with biscuits and gravy as the base. And you mentioned previously, I don't want to screw up the actual name of it, but it's like a f- take on a Philly uh, steak and cheese, but in biscuit yeah. form. Like at what point did you start kind of playing with the components of biscuits and gravy? So it's not just biscuits and gravy, but we can do these different things with them too. Oh my gosh. Like as soon as we started bringing fire to the farmer's market, like it was like, well, it's a pandemic. So you know what? There was this like moment where we almost lost our, our food culture at, at the farmer's market, you know, like with the pandemic really scared everybody and they were, the health officials were not sure that they were going to um, let us serve food there in fact they were looking at maybe doing pre-bagged produce just to like we just didn't know and no one knew what was the right thing and they were they were obviously like on the side of safety and caution and um there was a lot of discussion which was really cool and I think that's what's amazing about the Omaha food community that like there's there's a lot of like our our city our you know the city planners to the health department I mean very different departments but they're all like in conversation with with the business owners because we are very like local business um, centered in Omaha, um, so there was there was discussion and it was like on the table that they were going to do this and um, so we got we got through that you know collaboratively and then here we are and I'm like oh my goodness we're in the farmers market's going to launch half the vendors are gone right and it's like this big empty parking lot because we all had to space out and it felt very like very sad very like on the verge of this might go away because people may not they won't have that feel anymore what are we going to do and we just leveled up like we bought a griddle and I it was basically like we looked at each other like we may not make money this year but we are gonna make this we have to bring the vibe we have to bring that energy and um, fun and because we don't have just masses of of vendors to bring the wow factor anymore. So the quality has to be the wow factor. Like, what are we going to do to level up? So we got like this crazy, ugly circus looking tent, you know, that we just had a white tent before. And then we like branded it with our like really bold colors. And we just got like this big, crazy display. And like, we just like went for it, started making chorizo hash like skillet like it just like got a little butane burner and doing that cracking eggs we'd never done eggs before um and then it was like uh-oh because it was like the box just got opened and yeah the floodgates were unleashed what else can we put on a biscuit you know and we did we started the the farmer across from us was a, a the was it is it apple creek i don't want to say it wrong 
They're so sweet. You know who they are. It's like a couple, and they have everything. It's all local meat. They do, like, um, from steak to sausage. And so I was like, hey, you guys, I want to do something with your steak. Like, we have a lot of people that ask for beef because they don't eat pork, and so let's bring them in. Our food's really inclusive as much as we can. We've got gluten-free, vegetarian, you know, and there are people that don't eat pork, so I was like, let's do a beef biscuit. And Phillies are like a childhood thing. My mom and dad, you know, restaurateurs did not like to cook at home. We ate out a ton. They always said, we cook all day. We're not cooking at home. That's how I learned to cook. And uh, they would go, we'd go for California steak and cheese. Like that was my mom's favorite thing. And we'd go get a steak and cheese anytime. Like if it could be three times a week, I had to eat those. I loved them. But, (laughs) um, and so, you know, it was like, it was always like kind of a, I guess it goes back to the food that we're emotional about and how we can connect it to the market and what's there and connect it to, um, you know, like just good biscuits and gravy so mushroom gravy biscuit philly i mean it it's kismet oh yeah it writes itself we just like woke up with that in our heads one day you know but yeah so many ideas come when you're sleeping i know it's weird (laughs) that's how paul mccartney wrote yesterday by the way really matt is a musician (laughs) i can tell All right, so real fun question coming up next. But first, I want to take a quick second to give a shout out to the newest sponsor of the podcast, and that's Lone Tree Foods. So on this podcast, we talk a lot about the value of using local ingredients. Not only do they enhance the flavor of food, but they also support local producers. And that's why Lone Tree Foods is such an awesome company. It connects small farms and food producers with local restaurants, stores, schools, and families. Check out LoneTreeFoods.com to find local produce and herbs, meats, dairy, eggs, grains, and more. All right. And now, the fun question. Uh, Okay, so we need to go back to, like, the original origins of this. Because, Megan, you told this story a little bit last time, but I want to get deeper into it, and I want to get Matt's perspective as well. The idea for Gravy Train, before it had a name or anything, but the idea... for this concept came when you guys were traveling in Portland and you were at a farmer's market and you saw someone making hot breakfast and Megan, you just said that was like a light bulb moment and you get, you guys just looked at each other and you knew mm-hmm. what do you remember about that moment and what set that off in your minds collectively? I think it's, that's, that's about exactly how it happened. We are at the farmer's, I have family in Portland, so we spend time there and uh, we were at the farmer's market, their year round farmer's market on it's, incredibly expansive operation. It's an amazing place. And it's on the University of Portland campus, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. That's the one. And um, there was a, I think it's still there, Pine State Biscuits, because Oregon is Pine State. And they were doing, I mean, I must have waited in line for a half hour. But yeah, when we we saw that that's what they were doing, we all, you know, we already had a biscuit and gravy based relationship, partially anyways. <laughs> May as well go all the way with it, huh? <laughs> Megan said, we need to do this. We need to do this in Omaha. And um, I may have resisted, you know, but she wouldn't drop it. <laughs> I and, wouldn't and here know if someone was resisting me. Like I am <laughs> very, <laughs> like when some when this kind of idea hits you, you don't see anything in your way, you know, because like you can see it already in your head, like it's real. It was real the moment we thought of it, and we thought of it at the same time. I think you said something like, "Are we going to do this?" <laughs> Because 
I, I like yelled like this needs to happen in Omaha. And then like, we just like locked eyes and it was like, Oh my, it was like whoosh, the whole, our whole world just like changed in a second. Cause it was an idea that like we had the exact same, well, I was shopping. I mean, I, I don't really get to shop because Matt wears out a lot faster than me when shopping. So I was at the, like, one of the best farmer's markets I've ever been to. And I was shopping for at least an hour. I had everything they would sell me in my arms. And I didn't get a phone call, a text. No, nobody saying, is it time to go? And I was worried. Like, I was like, where did Matt go? Did his phone die? Oh, no. Did I lose him? And then I called you. And I said, where are you? I'm done shopping. This is weird. He hasn't, like, asked me to leave yet. He goes, I'm sitting here eating a biscuit and gravy. And I go, <laughs> what? Where are you? And I'm like looking around the market on the cell phone trying to find him. And he's sitting on a bench in the middle of the farmer's market with this smile on his face. And I walk over there and I'm like, I'm coming over. And I and you're eating this thing. And it looked fine. I mean, it looked all biscuits and gravies look fine. Most of them are terrible. You know, like it's this bizarre thing that we order it wherever we go. And it's usually bad, but we try it anyway. And um, it's just one of those things that you do. Because every now and then you find one that's amazing. When you find the good one, yeah, and that makes all like, the bad ones worth it. Uh-oh, that's good, you know. And so, and he's eating it, and he goes, it's pretty good. And I was like, it is? <laughs> like, okay, give me a bite. And he was like, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and I look, and he goes, look over there. And I look, and it's in the corner of the farmer's market. And they had a line wrapped around the place. And it was just like... I mean, we were cracking up because at the time, to my knowledge, there was no hot breakfast at the farmer's market in Omaha. And there may have been, and I just wasn't there on the right day. I think my friend Glenn Wheeler, he used to do like tasting demonstrations. He'd come over from Spencer's. He's a chef there. And he'd like make food at the market, but it was more of a taste this, watch the demonstration kind of thing. I, I just don't remember. I, I don't know. Maybe we just didn't go there on the right days. But to our knowledge, nobody was doing it. And uh, and it was like a, and I, I mean, I love pastries, but I'm more of the eat the croissant with the coffee at 3 o'clock kind of girl. I want like a hot, savory breakfast every day. I was raised that way. And, um, but yeah, we were just like, oh my, we got to do this. And we are doing this. And like immediately like got back to Omaha and, emailed the Omaha Farmer's Market, like, hi, uh, we'd like to do this, and no response. Yeah, they ignored us that first Crickets. year, for sure. Mm-hmm. Not even like a, ma'am, you missed the deadline. <laughs> like, the next year, we just came back. And I, like, I mean, I just talked about it the whole year. Like, this is going to be a thing. This is going to be a thing. And then it was. So so what was that year like? Because, I mean, I can see it in your face. You can hear it in your voice. You guys were especially you, Megan, very, very <laughs> passionate about this idea. Like, this fire is burning hot. Yeah. And you wanted to just do it. But you had to sit on it because yeah. you just you <laughs> couldn't get into the farmer's market at that point. I'm sure that, that was really difficult for you. When you look back, do you think that that was actually helpful and that allowed you to maybe, like, think the process through a little bit more, uh-huh. try and get your processes down as opposed to just jumping into it immediately? Yeah, I mean, it definitely did because um, we had like a whole year to um, like test out all these recipes. So, I mean, I could make a good 
biscuit and gravy, but like a good vegetarian gravy, a good gluten-free biscuit and making, at first we were making like a gluten-free gravy and then a regular gravy. And now all my gravy is gluten-free. So um, that, that took me, it took me that whole year to find a mix of gluten-free flours that tasted good. Remember I used to spit the gravy out? Yes. Oh my gosh, Matt like couldn't handle it. I, I'd be like test batching these gluten-free things and he'd like see me all of a sudden just like run to the trash can. Because like, you know, you have all these taster spoons and you're like, oh, that is awful. There's a like just a lot of, there was a lot of bad gravy before there was good gravy. <laughs> Mike can make sauce, you know, but like gluten-free flour is a whole different animal and um, some of it tastes like metal. <laughs> So, uh, that was terrible. And, um, and we, yeah, we figured it out and it was, it was a standard from day one. There was always a vegetarian option, always a gluten-free option. And I had a year to figure it out. So she figured great. it out. I did the dishes. <laughs> She's giving me too much credit. Yeah. He, um, he did a lot of dishes and, um, and you know, it was actually like a really nice year because it was like our last year with our weekends off. And I made you biscuits and gravy every weekend because I was like, so like, it was a nice year, that test year. But this is more exciting. It's hard to remember. It was a quiet year. <laughs> now, Matt, I have to give you a chance to defend yourself on air because last time <laughs> Megan came on and told us about how her idea for the name for the company was Gravy Train. Yours was the Classy Biscuit. I did, yeah. Do you, are, do you still hold the belief that the Classy Biscuit is the superior name, or have you let that go? Well, I've warmed up to Gravy Train, so to speak. I, Yeah. I like that it's not particularly clever or cool. It's just kind of... It's there. It is. Yes. Yep. And it's... um, uh, But I still think the Classy Biscuit, and I picture the sign as like a kind of French-looking biscuit wearing a beret and maybe with a <laughs> cigarette holder. <laughs> lounging back at a cafe or something i think that's like no <laughs> so that's i guess speaks to my sense of humor but megan didn't think that would have <laughs> broad appeal <laughs> it would definitely be unique there's no question about that oh man no it's probably good we went with the gravy train so megan i know you, you just talked a lot about how you had to take these a lot about of what you did in that in that year in between was was taking your gravies and learning how to make them vegetarian, making them gluten free, testing out different recipes. Yeah. That was really important. But I think that there is also just your base product. Like obviously, you've made yeah. biscuits and gravy your whole life. You're yeah. very used to making it at Lisa's. But I'm sure that there was something that you wanted to do when you're starting a biscuits and gravy company that like you want to put a twist on that oh, yeah. to make it your own. How did you? kind of differentiate so it's not just like hey here's lisa's mm -hmm. radio cafe biscuits and gravy right. but in a different location no this is actually gravy train this is something separate yeah so like oh well it kind of started with me trying to help like you know we thought this was going to be a great way to like leverage the stuff that was going on at lisa's and help my my sister like you know kind of like level up and expand my mom had always like wanted to do that my mom passed like right when this gravy train thing happened and she she thought I was nuts but um you know it was like we could we could turn this into a food truck concept and at the cafe you cannot change the recipes it, it's been there like 102 years people the might oldest riot. restaurant in Omaha they would freak out um you I mean there are certain things there that you might say oh this could be a little more gourmet but no like they <laughs> best not change that 
every day that I've worked at that cafe, somebody will walk in with like a look on their face and say, I haven't been here in 30 years. And I used to come here when I lived in Omaha, and I this is the first place I wanted to come. And they'll order their thing that they used to get. And you know, there's a lot of new, and the the cafe has added, but they can't you can't change the biscuits and gravy at the radial. No way. Um, that would be mean. <laughs> so, Sacrilege. Yeah, and our biscuits and gravy are just as good, but they are different. And so it was like a fun way to kind of do different things outside of those walls. But it just quickly, we realized, like, this is going to be ours. The cafe doesn't need this, and they don't even necessarily want it. So it was like, they were like, stop, stop trying to give us, like, new business ideas, Megan. <laughs> like, we don't, we're fine. Like, yeah, okay, you're fine. Um, but so it just sort of turned, but... My whole thing is, like, I love that. I love texture. I love flavor. And, and you know, coming from, like, a nutrition background, I'm a dietitian. And, um, you know, I, there's a lot of reasons I'm passionate about making food really good. But one of the benefits is, like, it's more satisfying. You don't need a huge heap of food if it's amazing if you get like the textures that like make you slow down and make you enjoy you know um and our biscuits um like okay if you've ever had even a pillsbury biscuit like right out of the oven it's like oh it's got that kind of flaky crusty exterior and it's like soft inside and it's it's good even though it came out of a can um but I wanted that experience of like the crusty outside and then like the soft in inside. And at a farmer's market where our equipment would be just literally like a hot pot of gravy, um, I, I basically incorporated a lot of butter. <laughs> Not in a biscuit. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Real butter, all the best ingredients, and then cheese. So cheese, like cheddar cheese. And people will say, I don't like cheese. I'm like, just trust me on this get this biscuit because it it creates like this crunchy little exterior that you can kind of crack into even if it's just a room temp biscuit at a farmer's market it is really good to eat and so when you are pouring that hot gravy on it you still get those little edges and it it gives you that fresh out of the oven like straight out of the oven kind of feel even though it's really a few hours out of the oven when you get it um but it's I mean, that's still pretty good, isn't it? Um, but <laughs> like as I say it, I'm like, that's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But the cheese is key. And so that was our flagship biscuit, the cheddar buttermilk biscuit. And, you know, you, people wanted, they wanted the traditional rolled buttermilk biscuit. And like, don't you have the plain ones? And like, that's what looks good in the picture. But trust me on this. This biscuit is better. And eventually we just stopped giving them to people. <laughs> like we would make it, but I'd be like, why do you want that? It's not as good. As we, my friend Christina, she owns a Wahoo Bakery out there. Um, and, and she is, she one day just said, Meg, just stop doing it. Stop, stop making them. And I was like, can I do that? So we did. We just kind of pulled them eventually. I haven't done them. But yeah, that that was that was it. It's like put. It's got to have that little buttery, crusty, yummy thing going on with it. It can't just be like a sad, you know, just store biscuit. That is really so fascinating to think about that because I I agree. I'm a huge texture person. Like it makes such a big difference in food, and and that is something that's hard to replicate. So you like you created a crust in a different yeah. way with cheese as mm-hmm. opposed to just the oven itself, which 
That's fascinating. That's genius. Yeah, thanks. Very nice work. <laughs> I never even thought about it that way, but now that you mention it, that's it's pretty clever. That's what's going on there. <laughs> so so uh, you guys get into farmer's markets. You mentioned sold out on the first day. You're doing really well, getting through the pandemic and everything. You're doing pop-ups and events. We even had you come in and do an event at my work, and it went over like gangbusters. People absolutely love the mini biscuit sandwiches. Yeah. But this past April, April 2020, 22 you got a chance to move into all about bees which is a local honey store in gretna how does having a dedicated physical space change how you operate and what you can offer matt's version versus megan's version (laughs) uh it's all about bees um venture in in ralston right um well, suddenly we had a full, we had the opportunity to do a full restaurant, you know. So Matt was like, Megan, you only have so much refrigerator space. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of about um, trying to focus, trying to focus Megan's creative efforts um, into a, like a streamlined menu. Because, yeah, the refrigeration was, was limited for sure. And like literally, I'd meet a new customer every day and they'd say, oh, have you ever made, and then I'd go, I'll make it tomorrow, you know, and like they'd come back and get it, and it was so much fun, but you just, you can't run your business that way, because not most of the employees aren't like me, you know, they don't enjoy that much change, um, they want to excel at something, you know, so like if, you know, you hire someone and you want to set them up to succeed, you've got to give them something they can learn and master, so um you know, at some point, I can't just absorb all the other things, right? So, because I've got to support them in other ways, and you know, be be around for my family and myself at times. So, so we learned really quickly at at it's all about bees. Just like okay, let's just pick our our best things and do a, a shorter menu. Um, the the customers didn't really get that. They were like, "Well, aren't you going to have? Don't you have a sandwich menu?" And like, no, we have two sandwiches today, and they're both amazing. Just get one of them. And uh, it it wasn't catching on that fast, but now we're at Interrail, and at Interrail, their concept is that way. So, like the the menus are really concise, and everybody is sort of a specialist at a certain thing, and it has that kind of food truck, food court kind of vibe. You don't have to check every box with your menu because you're amidst All a dozen that. other dining great dining options. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, exactly. There's amazing salads over at the Green Goodness, and I have one on my menu, and it's really good. Well, two now, I guess. But, you know, so here are two great salads, and there are more over there, <laughs> and they're great too. So it, it was like a total learning experience, and it was so fun. And it brought just different different people to us because now you're able to really flex a little bit with your food and do different, do it differently and expand that a little bit so yeah, the biscuit sandwich just became like a a thing that ham and gouda sandwich was like i was almost insulted by how popular it was <laughs> i was like this is like the the most classic thing and the chicken sandwich i mean you don't have to to break the mold you don't have to do anything super original just do it really well so why did I never think to put a fried chicken on a, one of my biscuits until, like, I moved into It's All About Bees? I don't know. But all of a sudden, it was like an option. And I was like, let's do it. And let's do it our way and make it excellent. And we would have people 
lining up for it every single day. And they'd come in and they'd say, I'm here for this. And they'd show me a picture of, of someone else's food that they had taken and sent to their friend and said, go there and get this. And it was the weirdest thing is we didn't have our menu up and they'd be coming in and ordering off their their off cell their phone. phones. They'd show me a picture and they'd be like, I want this. People are talking to each other, yeah. It's so it's so fun. But um but yeah, that being there was such an amazing opportunity for us. And to be there like amongst friends too. Because like those were our market friends that like supported us from the beginning. They, you know, and they had all this incredible product there that we could be inspired by. Honestly, like I'll always do my best when I have someone else to cheerlead for. Like promoting yourself is, I'm, we're both terrible at it. You know, Matt is a musician. He is, how many albums have you come out with? I mean, he's made amazing music. He was never the guy to book his own gig, you know, like his bandmates would help, but, and sell your CDs. Like you're just not going to go go do that. He wants to make the music, you know? And then in like our food world, like I want to just make the food. I don't know how to market it. You know, that's not my thing. I just like, you just, you make good food for people and then they love it and they tell people about it. But it's all about bees. Like, you know, having all that to promote, it was like every single day, there's something of theirs that I could literally sell to people because they'd be like, you have to try this honey or that jam and, or the tea they're selling or whatever. So it was just a very natural and, and it was good because it got me from like being in that self doubt place where you could be when you're starting something new. Cause it's, it's not, you're not going to be successful immediately. You're not going to have you know, busy days every day. And that can really like, I think, get in, in, um, to your psyche and mess up your creative flow and, um, and your leadership skills, um, and organizational skills when you're in self-doubt. So like, it is amazing to, to have all that, all that love there and all that amazing product there. And now it's, it's like more of that at Interrail and at Blend because there's just like brilliance everywhere around us. And, it it makes it it's given me a lot of like second wind this has been a lot of work hasn't it yes <laughs> a lot of work <laughs> so i want to ask you we've got about 10 minutes left here i want to ask you about that opportunity at interrail which is where you're at right now and it's a very exciting opportunity because that's a very established place with a lot of restaurants that people recognize and yes. and there was a bay that came available in there yeah. and on july 8th you guys announced that you'd be popping up in the end. Like it was not a solidified thing. It wasn't like <laughs> we're just taking this thing over, but we're going to do a week of pop-ups. And then about a week later on July 17th, it was, hey, we're going to do another week of pop-ups. And it was like, hmm, seems like <laughs> something must be going well here. And then August 3rd, the big announcement comes that you guys are permanently taking over that bay. And it was met with just all kinds of excitement. What were those couple weeks like of doing the pop-ups and trying to figure out how you fit in with the Interrail vibe? <laughs> just trying to, you know, I think they were trying us out and we were trying them out and just trying to carefully determine if it would be a good fit. Um, it's definitely not something you want to jump into if it's not a good fit. Um, but I, I think it did turn out to be, um, a, you know, we've got good relationships with the management there and the ownership and the other vendors. And, um, so far it's a love boat. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I mean, I, 
It was, it was basically, I guess I knew from the moment I met the people at Interrail that I wanted to do something with them at some point. And I think they would say the same about me. Actually, like, yeah, I met, um, I met this guy, Sam Noddle, and he, he was so um, kind of like, like a male version of myself. Like, I don't know how else to put it just this guy with all these ideas and all this joy and he's just like he just he goes off of gut feeling a lot and he's obviously got a ton of experience and knowledge under it that gives him the confidence to trust his gut feeling and and I'm like that with food I'm not like that in every area of my life but the guy I mean I don't know I Matt told me to call him he's like call him he seems to have a lot of spaces in the neighborhood and we really wanted to be in midtown that's my neighborhood and uh, so i called him as a hey you know you're in real estate like do what do you you have anything around and he's like come come meet me and it was like this meeting was just so much fun we were just sharing big picture ideas and i don't think he even knew what gravy train was like i don't think he even knew what we sold or anything and so we were like let's meet again it was our second meeting and it just so happened to be like the day after that space vacated. And we were talking, we were in talks about planning a pop-up anyway, and it was going to be outdoors at Interrail, and there's this amazing, like, cool event space they were working on. And we were going to do a gravy train pop-up out there just for fun. And then all of a sudden he was like, do you want to do your pop-up in here? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you want to do it for, like, a week? And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. So Matt, like, you know, hurries up and like moves all of our stuff into that space and like made it functioning for gravy train. And, um, and our, I'm just going to tell you the people that were helping us out and working there were like happier than I've ever seen them. I walked into the first day, kind of nervous, kind of scared. And it's because, you know, you don't know if like our little pop-up that fits so well at the farmer's market, um, is going to work with all these dinner dinner restaurants you know and I was like are we enough are we are are people going to like this here are they going to wish it was another burger place or you know are are they going to be sad that the other place isn't here and then not want to try us because of that I had a lot of doubt but um but I was like, okay. And I walked in and the crew was just like, hey, they were so happy. Like from the first day, I could tell that they had so much like excitement about being there. And, and it was just like that. And it just grew and grew and grew and every day. And we were like all making friends with all the vendors that work there. It didn't feel like com- competitive, you know. Um, and then the manager there, uh, uh, he's, he's like a partner with Sam Noddle and his name is Matt Taylor. And he was, he's a chef. So this guy, he would come by and literally get inspired and we'd just start sharing ideas. So it's like this environment where Gravy Train can be itself. And we have friends that inspire us and support us and that have great business sense that are helping us figure it out, you know. And it's, um, yeah, basically, like, as soon as we were in there for a few days, they were talking about contract and you know, if this is something that you want to want to keep doing, like the, these are the numbers you have to meet. So I was like, okay, so can we do this during a pop-up? And we got there, you know, we got to our goal by the end of the pop-up. So I thought the neighborhood clearly wants us here. Um, the, the employees love it here. 
I can make all kinds of good food here. So, you know, and it's like in our neighborhood, it's just too good. You it's couldn't ask for a more like perfect. vibrant environment too. I mean, you've been there on a busy night. It's just the, the energy there is um, unlike any other location in the city. Yeah. There's dogs. Everybody brings their dogs and kids, and like it's just so much fun. I saw a wedding proposal happen on wow. Saturday night. I sat across the bar from Amber Ruffin. I was oh, really excited Amber about Ruffin that. It's like the Glitterati is here. We love it. It's so much fun. It's, I love seeing this in my neighborhood, and to be a part of that growth, and to like be and I like I I told them I said you know if Gravy Train moves in here, there's going to be this whole feeling that comes with it. Like we bring a feeling with us that. Everything we do is love and joy, and it's like, it's a sharing, you know, whatever it is. Whether you're sharing, like, a food tradition from your childhood or you're sharing a meal with somebody. But it's, and, and it's happened, like, immediately almost after this, this right now, today is, like, what, our first full week of, like, on contract there. So our first official week is done. And Sheesh. then a few days. Yeah. You. Well, I think what's really exciting, and I say this from a selfish perspective, is it's opened you up to a whole new crowd. Because, I mean, yes, there's definitely something very special about that farmer's market vibe, and you're never going to lose that at right. the farmer's markets. Yeah. But for someone like me, like I work on Sundays, so I can't, right. Sunday morning, I can't go to the farmer's market. I just, I couldn't get your product. Mm-hmm. And so I was not able to try bis- or Gravy Train for so long. Now that it's at the NRL, I can go for lunch twice in a week I can right. go for dinner and get a BLT or I can go and you know get momos or something and then get a sweet biscuit for dessert like it just it opens you up to this whole new subset of people who might not be at the farmer's market but they'll go to the NRL and they'll try stuff yeah. or I want to shout out blend to the virtual food yes. hall that you guys are going to be operating mm-hmm. out of as well like you can or add some biscuits and gravy or biscuit sandwiches to your blend order as well get it delivered exactly yeah <laughs> I, I just think that there's so much growth and there's so much potential. And that's what's just insane yeah. in that yeah. we really just recorded uh, that other podcast just a couple months ago. And the business model has just changed so much. It's yeah. so exciting to see you guys grow and evolve. And I'm just, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for joining us on the show today. This was this is a true pleasure. Maybe I'll have you on in a couple more months when you're taking over. I don't <laughs> even know what space you're taking over next. You're moving into Ralston <laughs> Arena and just taking that thing over. Uh, or ba- Baxter Arena, sorry. <laughs> yeah, my, my world domination strategy is basically, <laughs> uh, you know, f- unfolding perfectly. <laughs> it's, it's just coming to you in biscuit dreams every is, night. Yeah. It's really just getting, you know, more biscuits out there. So, you know, yeah, I think it's happened. It's happened. You guys are making it happen. Definitely found a home. It is awesome. <laughs> I love you, to see Dan. it. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.